0: yeah, I made that up. With life and business coach Kelly Jackson. I am recording this on Friday, January 14th. And Tuesday, December 28th, 2021, at 5 p.m. My partner and I said goodbye to our. 19-year-old Italian Greyhound, Joe. We aren't Christian, but we do celebrate Christmas with each of our families. That went differently than planned and included some heightened emotion. Our anniversary coincides with New Year's, and we claim both days. And given the timing of our little guy's death, our... 11th anniversary weekend was less than celebratory. This was also the time that I was shutting down my direct sales business, which I had a whole other range of thoughts and feelings about. So the end of 2021 and beginning of 2022 was a little bit of a shit show in our world. And the biggest focus of that time period for me was losing Joe. Everything else took a back seat to do the emotional experience of losing him and sometimes still does. I mean, it's only been a couple of weeks, but some of what helped me get through those first few very rough days was writing it down. It's what has always helped. It's what I recommend for my clients. I know a lot of people are super resistant to writing out their thoughts and I've actually done a podcast episode on that very thing, but truly getting it out of your head and onto paper can help you see what's going on from a new perspective and it can be very cathartic. If you and I are Facebook friends, you may have seen some of what I wrote. I shared some of it at first just to let people know he was gone because honestly, a lot of my Facebook friends knew Joe my partner built a career pre-covid in animal care and had taken him to work with her countless times over the years and we had hosted a ton of events in our home for my direct sales clients as well as my team members so it seemed appropriate to let those people know we had lost him and after the second post i received some feedback from people thanking me for being so open about my grief that It had helped them process either something recent or some old grief they hadn't dealt with. And if posting about my grief process could be helpful for others, I thought perhaps my experience could be a little more meaningful. Not that it wasn't already. I don't think grief needs to be shared publicly in order to be meaningful. But I do like to add meaning and helpful impact where I can And if my actual lived experience can be helpful for someone, I'm happy to share at least some of it. So, I posted a couple of more times and I got more gratitude and feedback on how helpful it was. And people were sharing it with friends of theirs who had recently experienced loss and struggling to process their grief. So, it was helping beyond my immediate group of Facebook friends. Though I did not write these posts to be quote unquote content, I've decided to share them here because I'm a life coach and emotional processing is like what I teach or whatever. So maybe it'll be helpful for your for you too. And as a side note, before we really get into it, this was fucking terrible to go through. And I'm still in it to a certain extent not as deeply as day one but grief doesn't just end that's not how it works so as I'm reading this I have tears (laughs) because fluid leaking from my eyes is something my body does with grief so If you're in a period of grief, I'm here with you, and I love you. You're not alone. Okay. Here we go. On December 28th, the day we lost him, that's when I just posted basically a death announcement. And it said, give your fur babies an extra hug for me tonight, please. We had to say goodbye to our perfect boy Joe today. Many of you knew him from going to work with my partner over the years or from being at our house for one of the multitude of events we hosted for my clients and team members. And 19 is an unheard of age for an Italian Greyhound, but my partner is magic and he turned 19 in August. He had a rough start, but lived a long and beautiful life. With lots of love, snuggles, dance parties, soft blankets, and sunshine. Truly, looking back on these posts is so hard. (laughs) But it's filled with so much love. And for real, my partner is magic. Absolute magic. All right. December 29th. I posted the last picture that I took of him. He was lying on my lap in a blanket on one of our couches, and the post read, this is the last picture I took of Joe. I had taken him outside, wrapped up in this blanket to stand for a few minutes in the sunshine. And when there was no more sunshine in our backyard, I brought him inside to get as many cuddles and snuggles as he possibly could in his last couple of hours. 24 hours ago, I called our vet to see if they could get us in to lay this little guy to rest. 24 hours prior we had been in to give one final bit of effort to get him to eat but it didn't go as we had hoped and if we didn't say goodbye yesterday he would have died of starvation within a few days and that is not something you do to someone you love. When we got home walking past his kennel and not seeing him sleeping in there was a gut punch. Last night, not having him look up at me expectantly in full of love as he waited for me to pick him up and take him upstairs to bed was a gut punch. Witnessing Jubilee's confusion and sadness without him has been a gut punch. Witnessing the cat's confusion and sadness has been a gut punch. And we are allowing ourselves the space to receive all of those gut punches because this is part of it. When you sign up to love and care for a furry companion, knowing you'll endure the grief of their passing is part of it. Little bodies get so tired is something my partner whispered to him yesterday and it's true little bodies do get so tired and it's our job as caregivers for those little bodies to ensure that when they're too tired to go on we usher them through with compassion, kindness, and love. The grief feels fucking terrible, but it's part of what we sign up for. Allowing space for it honors the love we shared. And really, when I allow myself to feel the physical sensations of grief, they aren't too dissimilar from the physical sensations of love. The back of my ribcage feels a bit expansive. My arms feel tingly. There's a churning in my stomach. There's a fluttering in my chest and throat. This version of it, though, the grief version, it feels heavy. Whereas the love version feels light and effervescent. Like how excitement and anxiety are so similar. Two sides of the same coin, if you will. Neither my partner nor I slept well last night. She's currently napping on the very couch where the photo was taken. We've both had intermittent tears and nausea all day. I took Jubes on an extra long walk, letting her decide where we went. And we're just letting ourselves feel all of the terrible. Because eventually it will subside and fighting. It doesn't make that happen any sooner. Jubilee is our lab mix. She's five and she's a rescue. We literally found her about a week before we lost our other dog, Phoenix. He was a Sharpay pit mix. Joe loved to climb on him. And Jubes didn't know a life without Joe. He taught her how to dog and how to snuggle. He was pretty much a professional snuggler. Okay, on to the next post from December 30th. We picked up Joe's cremains today, and it was just as sad and terrible as one would expect. What I didn't expect was to feel a ton of grief when I put the blanket we had wrapped him in through the wash. I'm pretty sure there will be lots of those waves over the next few weeks and months. That's okay. It's unpleasant, sure, but it's part of it. I was doing the dishes while I waited for his blanket to wash and dry and reflecting on his life. (laughs) My partner and I had shared some memories before this and at the end of each year, I like to reflect on what lessons I want to take with me into the next year. The timing of all of this led to the following list. Life lessons from Joe. Number one, eat the yummiest treats. Number two, if it doesn't smell good to you, don't eat it. It doesn't have to smell good to anyone else, but if it doesn't smell good to you, it isn't going to taste good to you. Number three, bask in the sunshine. Close your eyes and point your face up to it. It feels so nice. It'll make you smile every time. Number four, nap outside as much as possible. Number five, all bodies are good bodies, especially laps. All laps are good laps. Number six, only wear things that feel good on your body. It can be a hoodie or a fancy sweater. That doesn't matter. What matters is that it feels good. If it's scratchy, take it off. If you can't walk in it, take it off. Or pee on it and have someone else take it off of you while you stand there like a statue. Number seven. Cozy blankets are the key to comfort, and comfort is the key to happiness. Number eight. Make sure you show an interest in what's going on with those you love. Be curious about it, even if you don't understand. Number nine. It's okay to not take a bath sometimes, but if you really need one... No matter how much you don't want to, just do it. You'll feel so much better afterward. Number 10, if someone isn't super kind to you, they might just be having a bad day. Try again next time. If they're still not kind to you, just leave them alone. It doesn't mean anything is wrong with you. They're just not a good match. Number 11, your tummy will tell you when it's time to eat. The clock is irrelevant number 12 when you're around those you love playing together is fun but you don't have to be doing anything at all to enjoy each other's company just being together is what's important and number 13 when it's time to go don't try to go it alone Surround yourself with those who love you. It'll be hard and painful for them, but they'll want to be there for it, I promise. And it'll be less scary for you when you're able to gaze into the eyes of someone you love as you go. They'll comfort you, and they'll be comforted by being there, even if not in that moment. Okay. The next post I'll share with you is from January 4th. It says, It's been one week right now since we went to our appointment to lay this little guy to rest. Is it still terrible? Yep. Do I expect it will always be terrible? Yep. Because the terrible of grief doesn't disappear. We just get better at navigating it. That part gets easier if you're actually willing to feel it. And that's the part that's super hard, the feeling it part. It takes practice and a willingness to let it be terrible, which, let's be real, is the part none of us really want to do. We have to do the hard thing in order to get to the easier parts. So if you are in a terrible right now, just know that I'm in there with you. We can be in it together. And if you're willing to do the hard thing of feeling it, while I don't promise it'll ever be not terrible, I do promise it'll get easier to navigate. There are a few other things I've posted. Memories of stories where I had him as my morning coffee date. His paw print that I now have as a photo in a frame on my desk but those were the most cathartic posts for me to share and the posts that I received feedback about being the most helpful for others so perhaps they'll be helpful for you as well if you have recently or ever really experienced the loss of a fur baby my heart goes out to you It's fucking terrible and it's supposed to be. We only experience grief when we've truly loved and we are so lucky to be able to have such an opportunity to love our pets. I've said many times and I believe to my core that their only job on this planet is to love and they do their job so well. And by doing so, they teach us how to do it better. If you would like to add to the list of life lessons based on what you've learned from your furry companion, I would love to hear it. Please share that with me on Instagram at I am Kelly Jackson or find me on Facebook. My coaching page over there is just Kelly and my first name is spelled with four letters K-E-L-I. It's just one L. And my coaching page is just my first name because Facebook is ridiculous and won't let me change it. (laughs) But that's another story for another day.